Welcome to Aligned Attraction, the go-to intimacy podcast for powerful women. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Lee Noto, master intimacy coach and psychedelic therapist, and I help powerful women like you unleash your wild feminine power so you can create heart-throbbing love. Each week, you'll hear from me and other experts on love, sex, and relationships, and I'll also coach women like you to create the most delicious transformation in their love lives. You ready? Well, hello, lovely. Welcome back. Welcome back. I am flying solo today. And I have to be honest, I'm feeling quite tender. You know, I thought that recording an episode on the reclamation of my sexuality would prompt me to be outward and outgoing and playing salt and peppers. Let's talk about sex as the intro to this episode. And the interesting thing is I started recording this episode like 10 minutes ago and I tried that and it just wasn't resonating for me because it's not the emotional state that I'm in right now. I'm feeling quite tender as I recount and prep for this episode. I'm I'm feeling empowered in the reclamation of my sexual energy, but I'm also feeling really tender because I'm reflecting on where I've been in my own sexual state in the last two years. And I've had many high, pleasurable, flying through the sky, orgasmic, blissful moments. And I've also had a lot of really, really challenging moments. So there is a chance that I'll cry in this episode. <laughs> but I got to keep it real. I got to keep it real because I know that so many of us are walking this path together, unsure of how to relate to our own sexuality, unsure of how to relate to our partners, unsure of how to relate to the world around us. And, you know, I have to preface this by saying that sexual energy is not only about the act of sex or intercourse. Sexual energy is what runs through us. It's what animates us and gives us life. Sexual energy is what comes through us to create a poem. Sexual energy is what comes through us to complete a project. Sexual energy is what comes through us to create new life. We are beings that are here because of sexual energy. So it's all pervasive. It is sewn into the fabric of who we are. And it is one of the most important conversations that we could ever have. And I've always wondered why talking about sexuality has been so taboo. And I I understand because I've had many moments in my life where I have felt ashamed of my sexuality. I have felt like I needed to hide it, like I needed to change it or minimize it, or like I needed to perform. I mean, all of the things. And I know that so many people have experienced things like this and on and on and on. And so these next few episodes are really going to be around sexuality, the reclamation of sexual energy, because something that I have learned in my journey to embodying and stepping into the high priestess within me and a part of being able to lead women and couples 
in embodying that for themselves and creating this sense of sovereignty and empowerment, open-heartedness, sexual connection and expression is tapping into and getting real and being honest with what's here for us sexually. So my intention with this episode is to be honest, real, raw, authentic, and to completely eliminate the taboo and awkwardness and shame around this kind of conversation. So I am just sitting with a a feeling in my chest right now and the <laughs> like the desire to want to cry because this just feels so raw. And so um you know, without giving the entire backstory of my sexuality in this episode, it, it will come out over the episodes to come because let me tell you all, I have a lot to share. There is so much around sexuality in my own personal life and in what I've learned as a coach, a practitioner that I've not really expressed yet. And a part of, oh God, a part of like my heart's desire, part of my pussy's desire is to share and share and share. And that is a part of what brings me joy. So I am going to share this over the coming episodes. Um, But I first want to talk about what's here for me right now, which is Ani and I just got back from a trip from New York. And this is the first time we've been back to New York City, the land from which we hail since COVID. And it was a particularly emotional trip. Now, as usual, I thought going into this trip, we were going to, you know, go and vacation and check out all the old spots and go to some Brooklyn warehouse parties and, you know, relive the quote unquote glory days of our time in New York. And we had those moments for sure. But what caught me by surprise was just how emotional this trip was and the fact that it was a reclamation of the parts of us that we'd kind of left there and didn't really bring with us when we moved to Austin because we never expected to move to Austin. Now, we we left parts of us in New York. Part of our heart was in New York because, you know, over the last two years since we've been moving around a lot, but primarily in Austin, we always had this sense of nostalgia reminiscing about New York and about this time and that coffee shop and this restaurant and that moment and memory. And there were parts of us that weren't fully here in Austin. Like we were physically here. We knew we were here consciously, but there were parts of our hearts and our memories. And I think our consciousness that was still fragmented and back in New York city. So this trip was really the end of an era, the closing of a chapter, deeply meaningful ceremony of reclaiming ourselves, of of receiving the message from New York that it's time to complete that chapter and it's time to be fully present in Austin with our community, with the work that we're doing, with ourselves, with each other. And a big part of that New York chapter for both of us was who we were as sexual beings. Now, if you've ever been to New York City, then you know that it's just people everywhere people's energy. There's the energy of the city, the energy of the collective that's there. And it is wild. It is raw. It is in your face. There's no mistake about what New York City is. And a part of that energy is 
this bustling sexual energy. It's just people's energy going and doing and hustling and creating and like making it, like trying to make it in the world, trying to prove ourselves. And there's an energy of success and creativity. There's all sorts of energy there. But the thing that's unique about New York is that you're around people all the time, especially if you're taking the subways, right? You walk down the streets, there's people all around you. You're crowded up against people in the subway. There's people in your space. You're in people's space. You're constantly checking people out. People are constantly checking you out. Sometimes, you know, I, I was used to being catcalled or, you know, having friendly conversations with people. There was just energy all the time. And a part of that energy is sexual. Now it may not be overtly sexual, but you can just feel people. You feel people and you feel people feeling you as much as, you know, as much as I would try to sometimes have my head in my phone or a book, it's just energy. And so there was this aliveness there that was constant. Now being in a place like Austin, there is an aliveness, there's energy, but we live in a house that we sometimes don't leave all day. And we drive a car, which is self-contained and we go to a venue and we're around people, but then we come back home and it's our energy. So something I had longed for over the last two years was this being around people. While it can be overwhelming sometimes, there was just an aliveness about locking eyes with someone walking down the street or, you know, feeling or hearing someone check me out or checking someone out and thinking, wow, that woman's beautiful or wow, that guy's really hot. And so I didn't recognize how much I had missed this until we were back in New York just this past week. And something that I had reconciled over this last week was, was the significance of what this transition from New York to Austin meant for us. Now, when we first left New York, we didn't intend to move to Austin. We'd intend to travel the world and be digital nomads and live a life full of adventure and culture and all of this. But as you know, COVID had other plans for us. And when it all happened, we were here in Austin. And so we we were grounded here for a bit, but we didn't intend to stay. So we were moving around from one Airbnb to the next, living in one place for a month and another place for two months, and then in one place for a year. In the last year and a half, we've lived in eight different places, Airbnbs, until we are now in our home, in our, our rental home for this next year. And let me tell you, it has been exhilarating. It has been adventurous, but it has also been completely and entirely ungrounding. Now, I thought that the adventure of being a nomad was going to be this, you know, like exciting fly by the seat of our pants adventure. And it has been, but it has also been completely unsettling. And it's the first time now in these past few months that Ani and I are actually catching our breath to say, okay, we have a home that we can call ours. We have possessions that we call ours. It's not some Airbnb hosts place. There's not other people's energy here. This is our energy, our nest. And so the big impact of this time is that, you know, I noticed that when I moved from New York, when we left New York, well, let me first tell you about what the significance of New York was to me. New York was one of the only places that I ever felt at home. It was the city that I visited all the time as a child, that I lived in part-time as a child. It was the city that I always knew I would end up in. 
I had this like love affair with New York. I always knew that I would be hustling in the corporate world, you know, trying to climb the corporate ladder with this hope of being an entrepreneurial badass with a corner office, wearing a, a an amazing business suit and slaying it. Right. So New York City was a part of my identity from a very, very early age. And my aunt, who is a huge inspiration and role model to me, is the quintessential New York woman. And so this was just ingrained in me. So I had this love affair with New York. And by the time I'd actually moved there full time and started working in the corporate world and doing all of this, I was just alive, like doing all the things, going to happy hours, waking up early, going to bed late, in the energy, going on dates, dating men, being in relationships, all of it. And it was just a wonderful, wonderful time in my life. And so when Ani and I made the very intentional decision to leave New York because we decided to close that chapter, what happened for me that I didn't realize at the time that I realized now upon visiting for the first time was that I lost a big part of my identity. This whole identity that I had wrapped up in being a New Yorker and being a particular kind of New Yorker and being an entrepreneurial New Yorker, being a New Yorker who dates and who's in a relationship and all of this. And what happened when we left was that I, it felt as if I lost a part of myself. I lost a significant part of my identity. And a part of that identity was very wrapped up in who I was as a sexual being in New York. And when I, when I lost that, it, it, it created a a sense of ungrounding. And I also lost a deep feeling of safety. This, you know, I felt safe in this place that I knew in this place I was familiar with. I knew how the subway system worked. I knew my routes. I knew the places I liked to go. I knew the people I liked to hang out with. I knew what I did after work. I knew, you know, all of these things. And we, we often take these things for granted because we're in a routine, But then when you go and you switch it up, it's like a snow globe that was once settled and calm. And then all of a sudden you shake it up and the snow is everywhere. And it's like, holy shit. So we left New York and everything inside of me got shaken up. And when that happened, when there wasn't this safety and stability of this familiar life, everything that was lurking under the surface came up. It got kicked up like all of the dirt in a lake. And now all of my water was murky instead of being crystal clear. And when that happened, all of my tendencies came up. Everything that had been like securely fastened just under the surface came like screaming out of me. And I've talked about this in social media posts, in emails and previous podcast episodes, these tendencies that were sitting under the surface came out the the uh, the dormant anger, the fear, all of the tendencies like defensiveness and projection, the the wanting to relinquish or shirk responsibility for the reality that I was creating for myself, the unprocessed trauma and wounding from childhood, from past relationships, past heartbreak. Like I had all of this unprocessed stuff sitting in my system, sitting in my body, in my nervous system, in my psyche. And when, you know, when I pulled the rug from under my feet, because we left this 
grounded, safe, stable sense of life, all of that came out. Now, you could probably understand what the first thing is to go when stress gets kicked up in the system, when there is the feeling of lack of safety. The first thing to go typically is sexuality and sexual desire, particularly for women. So this move completely killed my sex drive. I felt stressed out. I was anxious and I was micromanaging everything in our Airbnbs. I mean, down to the point where when we would unpack our spices and the, and, and the belongings that we had taken with us, I was making sure all the labels for shampoo bottles for spices were turned forward. And when Ani would put something back where I didn't originally place it, I would lose my shit because I felt so deeply unsettled and ungrounded. And so sex to me at that time was like, not even a consideration. It was this like, so far out of my frame of reference that I was like, just not even considering it. I, I was here in the, what needs to happen right now? How do I keep my business running? How do I make sure the house is organized? I reached outside of me to try and control things as a way to manufacture a feeling of safety. Now, I'll say that you don't have to move across the country or completely shake up your life to have this feeling of being out of control or feeling unsafe. In fact, most people feel this way on a regular basis, even when there is a routine, even when there are familiar things around us. So this is an invitation to look inside and say, are there things around me that I'm trying to control, whether that's things in my environment, people, aspects of myself? Am I trying to control my body weight, how I look, how I appear to other people and other people's perceptions as a way to manufacture safety for myself? Because somewhere underneath, I don't feel fundamentally safe. Ah, oh. mm. I just... I have this feeling, this, this tender feeling inside of me right now, because it's kicking up emotion for me because I, I, oh my gosh, I just know that feeling so well. And I know what that feeling feels like for other people. And I have tears welling up in the back of my eyes. My heart is just clenching in the most compassionate way because I'm like, oh man, I want to just like see a version of myself outside of me and pull myself in and hug myself and be like, girl, it's okay. I got you. And if you're listening to this and you're experiencing emotion, it's okay. <laughs> Energetically, I got you right here with me right now in this podcast episode. I got you. I know how it feels. I know. And it's okay if you have tried to control things. It's okay if you've micromanaged. It's okay if you lost your shit on someone or something. Like, yes, it's not always ideal to uh, not contain ourselves and our emotions and our experience. And if you were doing it because you were trying to create safety, then, oh my gosh, that is so understandable and relatable. And as we create awareness around like, whoa, whoa, okay, actually, I don't feel safe. I know intellectually everything says that I should feel safe because I have a roof over my head and I've got some money in the bank. I've got food on the table. I have people who love me. There are deeper parts of our, of how our nervous system operates, of our psyche 
that can sometimes lead us to believe and feel and experience otherwise because there are fragmented parts of us, unresolved parts of us, trauma or noise sitting in the system. I'm not going to go into a lot of that today, but I just want to say this to validate your experience because I, for many years of my life, had everything that looked picture perfect and I still didn't feel safe. And so over these next few episodes, I'm going to be talking about how that looked in terms of my sexuality. So as I mentioned, you know, all of this transition, this massive change was exciting for me, but it was also extremely difficult for me. Sexuality was the first thing to go. I I buckled down. I became tight and constricted. I uh, was impatient with myself. I was impatient with others. And, and during this time, during this first part of the move for Ani and I, we had a lot of conflict, a lot. And I've been very transparent about this. This is when I noticed all of my mommy and daddy issues come up. This is what I noticed you know, when I noticed that I was grabbing on for dear life to do anything I could to try and feel grounded and safe. And while this was happening at the time, I wasn't aware of it. I'm only aware of this in retrospect. And what happened in sex, you know, from the time that we left New York in December of 2019 through the present day where, you know, I've had many moments of reclamation and transformation is that you know, I avoided sex largely in the, in the first part of our move because I didn't feel safe. And at this time, you know, I didn't know how to honor my boundaries and we can transgress on our own boundaries. Even when we're in a committed relationship, you don't just have to be single with new partners, boundary violation and boundary crossing can happen in relationship to people we feel very familiar and somewhat comfortable with. And so what I noticed during this time was that I was doing everything I could to just try and create some semblance of normalcy for myself. And what that meant was I didn't want to ruffle feathers, not with myself, not with Ani. So if I wasn't avoiding sex and if we were having sex, what was happening in the beginning of this time in 2019, early 2020 was often I was not familiar and in tune with my boundaries. So I was you know, in sexual experiences with Ani that didn't feel comfortable for me. Um, And I was allowing things to happen that weren't a hell yes for me. I wasn't speaking up about it. And how that caused me to show up was like a shell of a person. So Ani, being the perceptive person that he is, could see that I was checked out, could see that I wasn't fully there, could see that I was, you know, turned inward. I wasn't fully expressed. I wasn't fully in my pleasure. Now we're in a committed, loving relationship. And this was still what was happening in my system. This is still how I was showing up because I didn't want to upset the one person that felt like a lifeline to normalcy and to feel familiarity for me. And so this may be familiar for you or perhaps not, but I did everything I could to try and keep him happy because he was the one thing that I had in this whole new world that felt like a remnant from my past life that did feel safe. He was my lifeline to New York, my lifeline to safety. But what I didn't realize at this time was that I was truly my lifeline to safety. But at that time, I didn't know how to create that for myself. So I was in 
this experience of disconnection from myself and from this feeling of inner safety, emotionally, sexually, psychologically. And so I showed up that way in my relationship to sexuality with myself and with him. And so as I created these experiences for myself where I didn't speak up, where I didn't honor my boundaries, uh, where I created resentment because now I was having sex or doing something that I didn't want to do. And Ani seemed to be the cause of that, obviously in my head, not in real life, because he would have absolutely honored boundaries had I set them. I created disconnection and separation. And as I did that, I made excuses for why I didn't want to have sex. Now, this is a, a tried and true relational dynamic between partners is that one person may have a higher sexual drive or desire or be more expressed. And the other sometimes gets into this place where that doesn't feel desirable, or perhaps they're not addressing their needs or the things that are causing them to feel unsafe. And they are using other things to buffer, whether that's making excuses about feeling tired, having a headache, not being in the mood, having this other thing to do, et cetera, et cetera. And so I would show up that way. I'd make excuses and I would be in complete disconnection from how I felt or what I needed. And this created separation from myself. And it also created separation between Ani and I. And so I want to just talk about what that experience was like, because for so many partners in committed relationships, these are aspects that can be chipped away at over time that all of a sudden from the moment that it started to five, 10, 20 years later, you just don't know how you got to where you are. And maybe this happened for you in a past relationship, or maybe, you know, you have had this happen in your relationship with your own sexuality, but there are moments that I experienced where I was like, how the hell did we get here? We were these vibrant, vivacious, sexual, expressed beings when we lived in New York. And now here we are, even just three, six, nine months later in Austin. And I feel like a shell of a person who's disconnected from my own sexuality and, and from my partner. And now he's feeling completely dissatisfied because he's not getting communication from me. He doesn't know where I'm at. And what he can feel me doing is avoiding, avoiding responsibility avoiding speaking up. And one of the big pivotal moments in this happened because Ani shared what his experience was like. And I'll never forget these conversations because they were many. And it took me a little while, I have to be honest, to really confront what was happening for me because a part of my tendency and the way my system has operated over time, because there has been unresolved trauma and wounding and nervous system dysregulation is that I have seen myself avoid things, avoid difficult conversations, avoid addressing something, letting things pile up. And I'm, I'm in a place in my life right now where I'm like, we've got to do something about this. And I've, you know, I've had these, you know, come to goddess moments where I've recognized that, but this is a very common tendency for a lot of people because we haven't been taught how to address this feeling of unsafety, how to reconcile it, how to navigate it, how to really feel it and how to express it and how to validate it for ourselves. So we're all sitting, maybe not all of us, but many of us are sitting in this uh, relative state of disconnection from ourselves, our needs, our boundaries, our desires. 
So back to the story, Ani had shared with me one day that he felt completely disconnected from his own sexuality in terms of our relationship, right? Certainly he is a sexual being separate from me, but that he felt completely disconnected from this part of him. And he felt unexpressed sexually in our relationship. And like, he didn't have a place to really express this most vital part of him. And he didn't feel like he was welcome. And that when he shared those things with me, it broke my heart because I was like, oh my gosh, wow. Imagine what it would be like to have a vibrant part of you and be in relationship with someone. And you don't feel like you can express it fully. You don't feel like it's welcome. You don't feel like the conversation about it is welcome. You don't feel like the embodiment of it is welcome. And so that was a really big turning point for us. And, you know, even in the past number of months, we've reconciled our sexuality in many different ways, both with ourselves and with each other. And it has been a very tender, heartfelt, sometimes um, rocky, emotional, very many times emotional process. And what I appreciate about his approach was that, you know, he, he never pointed the finger or blamed me. Um, and even if there were times I perceived that that wasn't his intention and he didn't try to ever push anything on me. He didn't try to force me or convince me what he did was he just shut it off. He shut his sexuality off and you know, when I really came to terms with what that experience was like for him, you know, when I was done trying to defend myself because it felt troubling for me that I was so deeply disconnected from my sexuality, I could really feel how hard this was for him. And this was the first part. This was the first step for us in reclaiming our sexuality was getting to the root of the emotional experience and what it was like for us. And this happened over months. So I'll, I'll share with you that even though I'm sharing this in one podcast episode, this was the process of months. And for some people, it happens over years. But I'll also say that the fast track to getting to the place of reclaiming our sexuality is being with recognizing, validating, holding space for the emotions that are underneath what is having us feel disconnected in the first place. So for me, it was needing to reconcile how deeply afraid I felt, how deeply unsafe I felt, how deeply disconnected I felt from this identity that I had in New York that all of a sudden overnight felt like was lost. And I didn't realize that while it was happening. Of course, like I said, I realized it in retrospect. But the you know, the moment that I started to say, man this really fucking threw me for a loop. I've really felt unsafe. I've really projected a lot of anger out. I've really felt unsettled, ungrounded, not like myself. And that is what has caused a deep rift between me and my most vital natural sexual energy. And of course, between me and Ani in that way, okay, I've got to be with this. And I've had various moments where of, of being with it and various moments of disconnection and denial and, and, and everything in between. So I'll also say that 
I didn't just realize this. And all of a sudden now I'm this enlightened sexual being. No, I've had many moments of denial and anger and rejection and confusion since these realization, since these realizations. And I've also had many moments of depth and expression and connection and intimacy with myself, with Ani. So it's this ever flowing ebb and flow. It is not a linear process. It is completely nonlinear and all over the place. So the, the first part of this sexual reclamation for me was admitting that I have felt disconnected and knowing that I have a desire to be connected to my sexual energy because I'm a deeply sexual person, as are most of us. And that is naturally a part of who we are. And the thing that typically stands in the way of that are traumatic experiences, experiences of significance that have created unsafety or disconnection from our sexual energy, um, heartbreak, um, you know, and, and generally not being raised in a society where these things are talked about openly without shame. But if all of those things are addressed, then typically we, we are ever flowing beings of sexual, creative life force energy. So the big takeaway here for me was coming to terms with how deeply dissatisfied I felt just dissatisfied, disconnected from creativity, from sexuality, from flirtation, from feeling myself. Like at the core of this, it's like, do I feel myself or do I feel like a shell of a human when I wake up every day, going through the routine, taking meetings, you know, doing work, going to the gym? Is that just, you know, is that undertone punctuated by moments of brightness and clarity and connection and love? You know, but how do I flip those proportions? How can brightness, connection, love, clarity, inspiration, pleasure, sexuality be the undertone and that sometimes be punctuated by moments of difficulty or disconnection or separation? So the question that I have asked myself is how do I flip those proportions? Because so many of us have accepted this reality where we're just living in the, the monotony of every day and of not being grateful of being in the scarcity, lack, not enoughness mindset and way of being. And then here and there, we have a great moment, but why the fuck? Why would we allow ourselves to live in that way? And I, as I say that, I just feel such deep sadness because I have spent so much time in the place of being disconnected. And don't get me wrong. I've spent a lot of time in connection a lot. And I'm just feeling this yearning and this longing to continue to expand myself into a place where my baseline is gratitude, abundance, love, acceptance, compassion, inspiration, creativity, sexuality, my own sexuality, not necessarily sexuality directed out at others, but my own feeling myself, my own confidence in myself, my own expression. So I, I share that today because this trip to New York that Ani and I just returned from was a huge reclamation where I got to remember again what it is like to feel myself what it is like to feel turned on and lit up by nothing, just by walking down the street, 
And I've certainly had moments of this being in Austin. If you've been tuning into the content that you know that Ani and I have created a sex room in our home, we've talked about, you know, self-pleasure and dancing and the things that connect me to my sexual energy. But this was really the closing of a chapter in New York and, and reclaiming the parts of me that I felt like I had left there and an opening, a deeper opening into this chapter in Austin, where I realize that I can have all of that here. I can feel myself consistently here. I can be in connection and rapport here. I can be in constant gratitude here. I can let go of the lack and, and, and scarcity you know, that I had been living in because I felt ungrounded or like I had lost my identity that I left in New York. So this reclamation has really been a realizing, a coming into myself. And uh, in some of the following episodes, I'm going to share a beautiful experience that Ani and I created for ourselves while in New York. Um, Teaser, it is a deep and profound sexual experience that we created with another person. So stay tuned for that because I have so many juicy tidbits, lessons learned, raw, unfiltered moments of sexuality, sexual expression, sexual exploration, vulnerability that I wish to share with you because this path to claiming the innermost authentic parts of ourselves, which I call our inner high priestess, is the path of vulnerability and realness and being with whatever is here, with presence and with an open heart, being with the anger, the sadness, the fear, the the dissatisfaction, the joy, the pleasure, the orgasm, the desire, the kinks, all of it. And I'm so excited to open up into more conversation on this podcast and my email blasts and social media and in person with clients, with friends, loved ones, with all of you about sexuality, about what it means to claim who we are as sexual beings, what it means to own our sexuality, what it means to allow the expression to come through us, whether it's in an act of sexuality with ourselves or with someone else in a creative endeavor, in a poem, in a new business venture, whatever it is. Because like I said in the beginning, this is the core of who we are as humans. When we nail our sexuality, pun intended, everything in our life becomes brighter, more vibrant, more aligned, more in tune. We feel ourselves. This is when we're walking down the street and we're like, yeah, I'm hot shit. Yeah, I feel good today. Yeah, I feel grateful yeah, I want to connect with this person. Yeah, I want to talk up the barista at Starbucks because why the hell not? We're having a great day. All of these things come from this grounded, embodied place of pure sexual life force energy. And that is truly my heart's desire for what I want to share in the world, what I want to continue to learn how to embody, what I want to be having conversations about, what I want to release the taboo about, what I want to create a safe space to discuss, and what I want to help everyone who comes into my presence learn how to navigate and feel comfortable and empowered in doing. So thank you for tuning in today. (laughs) 
a very special solo episode. And um, I'm just so excited to keep sharing going forward. If this episode resonated for you, I would so appreciate if you left a review and you shared this episode out, if you tagged me on social media with this episode, I really, really hope for these kinds of messages to get to as many people as possible, whether that's a message that I share or a message that someone else shares. We are in a really, really interesting time in the world right now where there is a lot of chaos, a lot of pain, a lot of suffering, and there's also a lot of hope, a lot of transformation, and a lot of awakening. So the more that we can all do to share that awakening, whether it's sharing someone's podcast out, giving someone a book recommendation, referring someone to a coach, working with a coach ourselves, doing our inner work so that we can all collectively create a better world as brothers and sisters, I invite us all to do that. I invite myself to do that. I invite you to do that. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you for tuning in. I love you. And I will see you in the next episode. Thank you so much for tuning in to today's episode. If you liked what you heard, please leave a five-star review and subscribe to the show and spread the love by sharing this episode out on social media and to all the powerful women in your life. And if you're ready to play full out and create heart-throbbing love, hop on over to my website to see all the juicy ways you can do just that. www.leenoto.com Fellow wild woman, I appreciate you. Until next time, I'm sending you so much love and all the good vibes.